So good morning. Thank you guys again for being here this morning. We're so happy, happy that you are here. Listen, if you are new or if you've been visiting and you just want to know some more about the church, would you please fill out that connection card that's right in front of you? Uh, or online, it's right there in the panel on the side. If you could fill that out for us, we would really appreciate that. We'd love to connect with you and get to know you a little bit better and see how we might minister into your lives and how you might become more connected with the church. So please do that if you will. Um, again, welcome. Thank you for being here. VBS is coming up. There you go. If, uh, if you've already signed up to be involved with VBS, thank you very much. And get your kids signed up if you haven't already. Hey, listen, a couple of places that we still need people. So all of the people who work in VBS, some of those folks have babies, little ones. So we need people to help us take care of the babies. So if you want to just come hold babies for a little while during the day, we would love to have you let us know about that. If you want to be a crew leader, now a crew leader is a person who doesn't work one of the stations that the kids go to. So it's not snacks or Bible reading or one of the things that they do. They just take people around to the different spots and check them in and make sure they check out. I've done it a few years. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun with the little kids. We need a couple more of those as well. The sign-up has gone well. Kids are signing up. We're excited about that. Please, if you, if you have the opportunity to join us in, in serving, that would be tremendous. Guys, there are a lot of great things happening at the church. Who was a part of the women's tea? There you go. Women's tea, first time we've done that, we invited ladies to come and join other ladies. We thought we were going to have about 35. We said 30 to 40. Almost 100 ladies showed up. 13 tables all throughout the sanctuary. Just, just amazing. Hey, I want to call out Victoria Putnam and Annie Provenza and Pam Kuzart, who just did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Thank you guys so much for the work you did. We're going to do that again. The ladies had so much fun that they said they want to do some more things like that to build community within the church and come together. So please be looking for those things. That's a lot of fun. The second thing was Mother's Day. If you didn't get your picture, your photo, if you made one, let us know that and we'll get it to you. But gosh, we had a lot of people. Do you know that on Mother's Day, other than Easter, we had the largest attendance that we have seen since COVID? That was phenomenal, just phenomenal. Thank you guys very much. So one more slide. I just want to catch you up on some of the good things that are happening here. And it's, it's just tremendous. So far, these first two numbers are from Good News Church in general. If you don't know this, we have another campus. It's down at Wildwood. The two churches together, or the two campuses together are one church. So far this year, we have had 55 professions of faith. Amen. That means people who have risen from the dead to life, right? Eternal. We also have had 31 new evangelists. That is people who have led people to Jesus. Last year at this time, we had seven. So that's growth. The church so far this year. Now, now we're just talking about the World Golf Campus has added 31 new members. This time last year, we had added four. So there you go. And we are seeing new small groups 
So, man, I'm excited about the new small groups. We have five that have started this year. We have three more that are planning to start during the summer and the fall. If you're not in small group, really think about that. We do all types of things now. It's not just the standard you have to meet every single week and have a meal. And that's a great small group. But we have every variation now on small group. Please think about that. It's really great to be in community with others who are, uh, who are loving Jesus. Our giving is up by 5%. Thank you very much. Um, we're planning churches and doing great things in the community and growing. And we really appreciate that. That is phenomenal. And uh, 80 to 100 students. Gosh, Clint, the program is just going crazy good, isn't it? I mean, we're seeing a lot of kids in here. In fact, so many that this last week, I, I have sixth grade boys, and this last week I had to say, help me, because we got 17 boys in this little classroom. They're in the sixth grade. I need some help. Okay? So I was blessed. Clint jumped in and took half of them, so it was, it was great. But they're, they're a fantastic group of boys, but it's, it's just a great thing that we have so many kids joining the student program. If you want to get involved there, let Clint know. We'd love to hear that as well. And just the last thing is an overview of a few things. These aren't all the things, but just a few things that you have made happen and you're making happen. So we're seeing disciple-making groups form. We are seeing worship nights, which Dylan has put together and Emma and the team. Back to School Bash is planned for the fall. We did this last year. It went really well. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We have summer programs. Passion, that is the camp for students, if you don't know. Last year, I think we had either 11 or 17. I get mixed up on that. But we're well over 50 this year just from this campus alone. So we're going to see like 130 kids and then the, everybody else going to Passion. That's so exciting. Uh, the women's tea was great. Uh, Good News Camp is coming up. Guys, if you haven't signed up for that, that orange thing you see, Good News Camp. That's going to be a lot of fun. So please think about that. Sign up. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. And then the last thing is we actually have started a men's Bible study. So And there's a second one coming. So get involved. Great things happening. Thank you guys very much. The growth is exciting. It's great to see you. So now let me invite to the stage our, uh, our student director who is uh, going to be speaking to us today. Dave's away on vacation. Praise God. He needs it. So uh, excited for that, and Clint, take us forward. Yeah, not cool, by the way. As soon as I got on stage, I said, avoid false teaching, <laughs> all right? Get him off the stage. <laughs> so I was like, oh, better timing, people. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> um, I am talking about that today, but it'll be a minute till we get to that. Um, so, man, we're just so glad to be here. Just a couple things I was thinking. Uh, Parker was reading the, uh, the scripture, and he was reading about from the ESV, and he was like, I'm not going to read the King James. And I was thinking about this when he would just, he said, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours, and mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. Imagine if he'd have been reading that in the King James Version, right? I know I have a teenage son that would have been in here being like, what? What? So thank you, Parker, for making it in regular English. So um, couple things uh, that he mentioned, and I just want to encourage you guys as well. The, the Good News Camp. Come up in student ministry for a long time, and I don't know how many times I've had parents come up the day of camp dropping off their kids, and they're like, man, I wish I was going with you. I know you're lying because you're kicking them out the door as you go by, but I know there's a piece that's like, dude, camp, 
I've, had, I've done a lot of things and my wife and her friends have been like, how come you don't do that for adults, right? So, and, uh, but the good news camp is your chance to go to camp with your kids, right, with your students. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but you get to experience really what students get to experience a lot of times when they go to camp. And how many know that camp is like the greatest moment in our young lives when we go? And so, yes, sir. So, um, and so you get to go experience that. You get to be young again for just a couple of days. So Parker is actually my boss at the church. So he's always like that. So my boss is way nicer than yours uh, because that he's just always like, so just nice, just, you know. And uh, so we're so glad you guys are here. I, I do want to um, take a minute while I have you guys and just encourage you to get involved as Parker did. Um, Parker mentioned this, um, that we have, we have 16 uh, sixth grade boys coming to youth. And, and the way that we do, we, have, we, 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 we split them up with small group leaders. And so there's two areas that the church has foolishly entrusted me with. And uh, one is student ministry. And then the other one is the welcome team. And so if you will probably notice um, up here, we've, you know, the worship, if you've been around for a little bit, the worship, um, the worship's gotten just, the worship experience has just been elevated, right? And the reason it's been elevated is because of some faithful people that have brought their gifts and their skills and their abilities to serve the church. And you'll start seeing there's more people. They're just, I, I, I forgot your name, the guitar guy. Awesome, right? And, uh, and then so... Um, it's just been great. And so if we can do that in other areas, right, if we can get involved and bring our gifts, our skills, our time, abilities to the other areas of the church, those areas get elevated. And so I want to encourage you selfishly to come get involved with students, right? They're all calm. They're all respectful. They're nice. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You ask them to do something. They do it immediately and say, thank you for asking me to do that. Right. And, uh, and so it's great. Trust me. I'm telling you the truth. There's no false teaching here. And um, so also uh, the welcome team. So we are going to, we, there are a lot of really good things happening. We know that going into next year, man, God's got, uh, got some incredible things planned. And we want to make sure, especially if you're new, like if you would say, like I, I started here in September. So if you are sometime after, before me or after me, you're probably considered new. It's the best place for you to get involved is the welcome team and to greet people who are coming in new because you know what it feels like to be new, right? When you've been around for 50 years, all right, you're like, you know, just you kind of get comfortable sometimes. But if you're new, it's a great opportunity. And you just get to, you just get to be out front welcoming people, waving to them. We're going to send some people out, uh, out, in the, uh, out in the road, Facetti Road, dodging traffic, making sure, trying to get people in. So if you want to get involved, we'd love to. You can email that email, Clint. At, I'm Clint, by the way. All right, so if you didn't know that. Hi, I'm Clint. Uh, Clint at goodnewsloves.com if you are interested in getting involved in any area, but specifically students or uh, our welcome team, love to connect with you as well. So, yeah, all right, so let's close it up. Let's pray, and uh, uh, so let's pray. We'll pray to get open. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the blessing um, that you've given us. Thank you for the, the joy of Jesus. Thank you for the joy of your word. Thank you for the, that your word is all sufficient, God. And we thank you that we get to study your word this morning. Open your word. And uh, what a pleasure it is. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we were uh, talking about, like, hey, we got a message coming up, false teaching. Right, hey, let Clint do it. All right. So, and uh, so I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. Pastor Dave is out of town today. So, um, I am pitch hitting. All right, there we go. So uh, I got a picture I want to show you. So as you look at this picture, as it, it, if you look at this picture, you would see, think that one of these are the same size, but one of these circles is bigger 
than the other. So we're going to do, I don't want to say an IQ test, intelligent test, whatever it is, right? But how many of you guys, one of these is bigger than the other, how many of you guys might think, just raise your hand, right? If you don't know, raise your hand anyway. All right, it, how many of you guys think might the green is bigger? Green, okay. All right, all right, I see. Uh-oh, red, come on, who thinks red's bigger? Oh, okay, green wins, green wins, all right. Uh, but the truth is they are all the same size. So, so I lied to you, right? People do that from the stage, all right? So that's why we're talking about false teaching, all right? So, but it's so important that we, uh, that we know, and I'm just, here, here's, what I, here's, my, here's my whole plan and job today. I want to beg you to open this book, study this word, because it is everything that we need to know to avoid all of the false stuff going on in our culture, because it's the one thing that remains true. It's the one thing that never changes. It's God's word. It's inherent. It's infallible. And so my one job today, and I'm not, I, I could stop here and you, we could all go home, but I don't want you to get cheated out of your money. So I'm going to go a little bit longer. All right. But this is my whole thing. And so if we know something well enough, if I know something well enough, it helps me not get fooled. And so I know in my own life, there's just a couple things I don't know that much. Right. I, uh, I oh, yeah, I will say this. I, I, I spent, y'all, I spent so much time preparing for the speech this week. Right? I mean, like, up late at night, like, thinking about, like, is this funny? Um, you know, is this the right word? Are people going to laugh? Or is it going to be, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about my daughter's speech that she had last night. So my daughter, congratulations. She graduated as a valedictorian. I'm sorry, the salutatorian. Sorry, sorry. She graduated salutatorian at Bartram Trail. So that's how you brag on your daughter, by the way. All right. So she graduated salutatorian. So I'm preparing for this. And she's like, Dad, I need you to help me with my speech. So we spent from like 1030 until like 330 in the morning preparing for her speech the minute and a half that she just gets to read it. And meanwhile, I, we'll see how this goes. All right. So, I mean, I jotted down some notes, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Um, so. But there's a couple things that I do, there's not a whole lot that I'm really good at or know, but there's a couple things I know a lot about, a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, like, we can talk, all right? Um, one is uh, baseball, all right? I played ball, I coach baseball, um, I'm, I'm probably the only thing I'm good at in my life is coaching baseball. And so, but one of the things that's created, and you can maybe think about this and see if you, uh, see if you, if, if you relate in some way too, it makes it hard for me to watch baseball movies, because I can't watch uh, Corbin Burnson in his garbage actor swing in, in a movie and make it look like he hit a 97 mile an hour fastball 400 feet, right? I'm like, no, 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 you can't, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a garbage swing, you can't, you know, and so it, it makes it hard for me to watch baseball movies. I, I've heard that with cops and with lawyers, and if I'm a cop, it's like, man, that's not what cops do, you know, lawyers, and so, so I, I, I Understanding how the swing works makes it me, tough for me to get tricked by, by the way, if you had Corbin Burnson as, as the mention on this Sunday, uh, this Sunday morning, you win. So, anybody know who Corbin Burnson is? Actor, he's the dad in, uh, in Psych, um, but love him as an actor, but he's not a good baseball player. And the other one was Moe's. So, there's a guy, so I'm a Moe's fan. Anybody a Moe's fan? Moe's, Southwest Grill? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're like, it's Chipotle, buddy, all right? Moses is like so 2000, it's Chipotle, or Chipotle, or whatever my wife calls it, all right? So, uh, so but when, when Moe's opened up in, um, in Jacksonville, and it was like 2001, 
And I, I became friends with a guy that started the first Moe's. He was the first franchisee in, in Jacksonville. He didn't start Moe's, but he, he, he was the first franchisee. And I got to know him well, and then I actually, and he was on, I, I worked for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a long time, and, he, and uh, he was on my board, and then the guy he sold it to ended up being on my board too, and I just had a Moe's hookup, man, for like eight years, eight years, I got to go to Moe's, and it was just like, it was like a free buffet, I was just like, I spent four or five hours a day, I just worked for Moe's, right, it was my Panera, just like, what's up, free tea, if I did get charged for something, it, they would charge me for like a taco when I would I'd get like, just give me two burritos, all right? Two Joey's, give me two Joey's, right? And so I became a Moe's, now I don't have that hookup anymore. Could I honestly, I put on a lot of weight during that time. So, um, and, uh, but I don't have that hookup anymore. But for a while, I was like a Moe's, like, I mean, I could tell you. And so we would travel and I would go through Orlando and, uh, and then I, we would stop at Moe's and I'd be like, nope, nope, now, this is not what it's supposed to taste like. Right? Is it good? I mean, it's good. I'm going to eat it. I mean, I'm not going to throw it away. But no, this isn't, this is wrong. Right? This just doesn't, this isn't right. Actually, one time I went, I went and I was like, hey, can I just get a little extra pico? Guys, if you don't know, that's salsa. All right? So pico, and he goes, we'll have to charge you an extra dollar for it. And I was like, no, you don't. There's a whole salsa bar right over there. It's free. And so uh, it's like, this, this isn't Moe's, right? And so by those two experiences of just knowing something, it made it very difficult for me not to, once I knew what it was supposed to be, it, I'm not going to get tricked into something it's not supposed to be. And that's really all today's about, is us knowing this, us opening and studying God's word and knowing God's word enough that like, it doesn't matter what somebody else says, it doesn't matter what culture says, it doesn't matter how culture should say that I should change. You know what's happening right now is the people that are sticking to the truth of God's words are the ones that culture's looking at and saying, you guys aren't like Jesus at all, you're closed-minded. But the people that are now changing and coming off the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and the word, truth of God's word are the ones that culture's celebrating. Yes. That's what Jesus is like. He's very open-minded. He's very, and so maybe Jesus was, but there's a truth to God's word. And man, I'm telling you more than ever before, we have to, we have to know this, right? And I can tell you that my, my, um, in, my, in my own life, the, 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 the biggest regrets I have are not studying this more. Because you know what I was good at? I was good at letting other pastors who I thought, well, they're smarter than me. They know more about Jesus than I do. They've studied God's word. They're more educated. I'll just let them tell me about Jesus. Man, I was guilty of that for a long time and still am sometimes now. Instead of saying, no, I get to know Jesus through God's word. I don't need somebody else to tell me. There's nothing wrong with Pete. There's a place for being taught. There's a place for coming to church and, and, and somebody teaching you about how we walk out our faith. But man, we need to know Jesus on our own. And the problem in today's society, I think that more than anything else, is we let other people tell us about who Jesus is. And that, and more and more churches and pastors and teachers are, are coming off that line to tickle ears. And I'm not going to get into all that too much. But I just, what I want to do today is just encourage you through, um, as we talk about false teaching, give us four tests. Four things that we can, we can look at. And so the script, we've been in 1 Timothy, and so this is the scripture we land on today, which is why we're talking about 1 Timothy, or which is why we're talking about avoiding false teaching. It says this in uh, 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 5, uh, ESV, just know these are those. 
if anyone teaches a different doctrine, now this is, of course, Paul writing to, the, writing to Timothy. This is Paul who taught Timothy everything he knows about Jesus. And then Jesus, and, and he said, look, if any, anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Does not agree with what? The sound words of our Lord, not me, Timothy. The sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. He is, then he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He's an unhealthy, he has an unhealthy craving for controversy and quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicion, evil suspicion, and constant friction among people who are depraved in the mind and depraved of the truth, imagining or imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And so we find ourselves really with 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 Paul warning. Timothy, even in this moment, like, hey, somebody comes along teaching you something different than what you know to be true. You got to know, bro. And, and, and it's easy, right? It's easy if we don't know. I mean, even the circle, uh, the circle thing, it's like it was easy to convince you that one was bigger. Why? Well, you wouldn't have known, right? You're like, why, why, why wouldn't I trust you? you know, why, of course, you said one was bigger. Why wouldn't I trust that? But I lied, right? And people lie. People, our, our culture lies. People, uh, you know, and in, 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 uh, in leadership positions lie, right? And even if they don't mean to, right? It doesn't mean that, and, and I would say this is that we don't want, when we talk about false teaching, um, we shouldn't set the bar so low to only stop listening to people if they're called or if they can be proven to be false teachers because lots of teachers are just simply misguided. I promise you I've said, I know this. I've been, can I, that I've said stuff from a stage talking to students that later I was like, eesh. That wasn't true, you know, or I thought it was true once. Somebody told me that. My pastor taught me that. And then I come to find out, like, oh, that wasn't, that's not really, it's not untrue. It's just not fully true. There's a thing called the beauty of heresy. And the beauty of heresy is, I'll read it, says, to enlarge one truth and exclude the other truths. Like, people in today's was like, God is love. God is grace. God is just full of love and mercy. That's true. But God is full of love and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And to overemphasize one and to play down the other, it's not that it's necessarily wrong, but it's, it's, it's false teaching. Because Jesus is equally, he's equally God, he's equally man, he's equally grace, he's equally truth. And to overemphasize one to make you feel better about something is false teaching, right? And so I want to just give you the list, uh, give, give you four biblical ways to assess whether someone is a false teacher. Now, again, I don't think we actually need to look at it as false teacher as much as uh, that we just notice false teaching, right? Because I know, I, here's what's happened. I mean, I'm telling you, like, even studying for this, I started getting on YouTube some, and it is a tor swirling tornado of people pointing fingers at each other. Like, people that I love listening to, they're like, they're a false teacher. And I was like, what? And then I hear stuff that they say. Now, they weren't as the ones that I listened to. They weren't like the messages I heard. But then I'm like, whoa, that is not good. That was bad. You should have said that, right? And so, so I think it's just a matter of false teaching because really lots of people and teachers are simply misguided and unhelpful and might not come under the banner of being called false teaching. But we need to set our standards high because it only takes a, a small impurity to make something the whole impure, Right? And uh, I, mean, I didn't say that as well as I want to. Let me try that over. All right. It only takes a small dose of the wrong thing to corrupt the whole thing. 
It only takes a small dose of the wrong thing to corrupt the whole thing. So here's the first one. The first one is the fruit test. There's, there's a test of the fruit of the lives that, that, uh, that, that, some, uh, that we sh should know. What, what, the person that's, that's speaking Jesus into me, telling me about faith, telling me about my relationship with God, telling me about Jesus, is there fruit in their life? And so uh, Matthew 7, 15 through 20 Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize by their fruit, you will, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Each tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down thrown into the fire, and thus you will recognize them by their fruits. And I'll just encourage this man that we should, we should know the, the fruits of someone's life before we let them speak into our lives. Because it's, it's hard to do with a lot of internet teachers, right? And I've been in different church environments, and I've been, um, here's, here's what fruit is. It's not. Fruit is not big crowds. Fruit is not an ability to speak. Fruit is not it's, it is, it is, it is the, the fruits of the Spirit. Are, the, are those things living and existing in someone's life? Do you see those things in that person's life? And that's why I'm going to tell you, man. He, I would say it if he was here. I, would, I am so grateful for Pastor Dave. I am so grateful for the time I get to spend with that man. If you don't know Pastor Dave, you should. Because here's, it, it, well, you, you, you need to get to know him. And I don't mean just know of him. Because the next, this is what Paul said. Paul puts a huge premium on knowing the fruit in someone's life. He says this in 1 Thessalonians 1.5. Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you, among, for you, among you for your sake. And Paul's like, look, it's not, we came to you with the power of the Spirit, but it's not just that. You know what kind of men we came to you as. You saw the fruit in our life. In the first Thessalonians, he spends two chapters just Fleshing that out. And so I would say that the takeaway from that is this, is know your pastor, right? I mean, Pastor Dave stands up here every week and says, hey, somebody says there's no free lunch, but there is. And I will pay for it for you, right? And so he invites you to lunch, right? And so, man, I'm telling you, but here's what, here's what, I, here's what I'm grateful for about the person that is my pastor. And this is not anything about anybody else that's been my pastor. I'm just talking about the person that I did. This is what I'm grateful for right now. The person is my pastor is I watch him spend, spend, he spends an hour with me every Monday just, just speaking into my life. Not how's youth going, not what do you think, you know, nothing else like, hey man, how are you doing? Like, hey, we're, and we read the word together and, and, he, and he tells me things, you know, he just, he like, he, he's so, he's very intelligent. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what you said. And uh, so, but, but then I watch him replicate that. Over and over and over and just the little groups of meeting with men and just, 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 just showing them Jesus. And it's not that, that, that it's not that he's up. He, it's his most comfortable space isn't up here telling everybody about Jesus. His most comfortable space is sitting one on one, just sharing Jesus with you. And it's incredible, man. I'm so grateful for that hour. So know your pastor. If you haven't taken advantage of your uh, free lunch, all right, then you know do it. And if you don't want to go with him, you can go with me. I'll, I'll go for a free lunch. All right, so, um, so the second one is this. Uh, the second test. The first one was the fruit test. The second one's the doctrine test. And that, there's, there's the test of sound central doctrine. 
And Paul emphasizes doctrinal importance in that first scripture that we read, and, and, uh, where it says, anyone who teaches a different doctrine that does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he's puffed up and conceited and does not have understanding. And so the sound central doctrine, how do we know that? How, how do we know what sound central doctrine is? doctrine is? Well, this is the takeaway. We need to know our Bible. We need to know God's word. And I just keep, we'll just keep going back to this. My, the thing, only, my only question for you today, my only thing is to beg you, man, take this, treasure it, open it, study it. This, we have this study, then I'm going to get back to it in a little bit. But it says, read the word, pray the word, share the word. Everything is about this. The third one is this, submission to scripture. All right, the test of submission to scripture. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he says, if anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual or he acknowledge or acknowledges that things I'm writing to you are, are a command from the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. If anyone that is a, thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I'm writing you are a command of the Lord. And if he does not recognize this, he's not recognized. And if a, person's not, if, if a person doesn't submit their thinking and, and, and the, the teaching of God's word as the authority in their life. I looked this up on, um, on, uh, on our website, on the Good News website. And it talks about one of the things that we believe. And my question would be this. Is this what we believe? Is this what the, is this what the church believes? Or is this what you and I believe? Because if the church believes it, great. But if you and I don't believe it, it doesn't matter what the church believes. Because it, the church is us. And so it says this, the authority of the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the word of God and has the right to command our belief and actions. It's the word of God. It has the right. It has the authority to command our belief and our actions. Not my feelings, not my circumstances, but the word of God only has the right to command and belief and action. And we believe that scripture to be inspired, which means every word in every part of the Bible is from God. Every single word. From every part of the Bible. That's what we believe. It's inspired. Every single word from every part of the Bible is from God. There's no mistakes. Which leads us to the next thing. It's inerrant and infallible. It's incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. Not what culture tries to tell me all the time. You know, I actually, Pastor David, he, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, I, I didn't know this. I need to know my Bible more like Pastor David. He was like, you know, the... Culture says the Bible never talks about slavery. You guys remember when he said that? And then he said, well, you know, part of because it was written by a very small majority to a very small majority. And the small majority were the people that were almost slaves. And so they didn't have the perspective to speak out. And so what do they have perspective to do? Well, as slaves, we're going to submit to our authority. That's what Jesus said. And I was like, whoa. Now I know what to say when people are like, well, the Bible never says you shouldn't have slaves, right? And so like, well, of course you shouldn't, right? But I was like, oh, I didn't even, like, that, that was like putting two and two together. Oh, there's four, right? And so, so inerrant, infallible, it's incapable of making mistakes and wrong. It's authoritative that every portion of Scripture that's rightly applicable to us, to us, we have the obligation to respond appropriately. It's authoritative. I have an authority over my children. It's a godly authority. It's a, it's a parental authority. And you are expected to respond accordingly. When I coach, you're expected to respond accordingly. I don't care how you feel about doing it this way. This is the way we're going to do it. And so do we, do we allow 
the authoritative position of the Bible in our life. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter how upset I am. It doesn't matter that I don't want to do it. But instead, it's that the, the, are, are, are we allowing it to, and, and responding appropriately to the God's word? And then it's sufficient. That the Bible is all we need to equip us for the life of faith and service. It's all we need. That it's sufficient, man, that, that we believe this Bible is sufficient. It's all we need. There's a great thing about teaching and, and preaching, and the Bible covers that. But this is all we need. We need Jesus's, uh, We need to know Jesus. We need to know God's word. It's sufficient in our sanctification, our growth in godliness, and the conformity of Christ. So do we submit to the Bible's teaching? I, think I would say this is like, I was just thinking about this, is like, with all the things going on in our culture, and I don't like, I don't want to get in, I, I'm not the lead pastor here, so I'm not going to get into the individual things of what we, you know, those things, but I would say this is, ask the question, hath God said what God said? Because if this is what I believe, I don't care what culture says, or what you say, or what, how you feel. I'm, I'm going to go with what God, hath God said? If he did, that's it. If he didn't, let some smart people get in a room and talk through it and figure out how the field goal moves a little better. Move the goal, what do you call it? But if he did, it's over. It's a discussion, right? And I'm not gonna. And I don't need to. I don't need to apologize for it. I, I, that's one of the things I've seen. Is that uh, is, and I'm not gonna get into it, pastors being like, "Hey, I wish, I wish it was a little different." If it was me, I'm sorry. I would have done it somewhere differently. I know. I understand how you feel. And, man, I know you're caught up in the middle. And if it was me and, and if I were God, I would have put something in there about that. You're apologizing for God. And I'm telling you, man, it's just like, look, you don't, we don't need to. We don't need to apologize for what God's word tells us is true. And then the last one is the gospel test. And, man, Paul's hard on this one. He says, Galatians 1, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, are, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse, as we have already said, So now, and so now I say it again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you've accepted, let them be under God's curse. The gospel. And I'm so grateful for a church that, just, that, that, that every week Dave shares the gospel. He doesn't just talk about marriage and, 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 and finances. Every week he shares the gospel. And he reminds me every time I, I meet with him. We always need to be reminded of the gospel. Because it is our hope. It is our strength. It is, it is, it is the thing that we need for everything. And so the gospel is just simply this. The bad news and the good news of Jesus. The bad news is we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are incapable of living up to the law. And because of that, we have been separated from God. But the good news is that Jesus paid the price. And when Jesus was done, and the last thing he said, last thing Jesus said, those three words were what? It is finished. It is finished. He didn't say, I've done my job. I've done my part. Now let's see how you do. It is finished. Jesus paid the entire pr price. It is over. It is finished. And, there is, and so what Paul's upset about in this situation is that the, 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 the religious Jews were not happy that the Gentiles were okay with God because Paul had come along and shared the gospel with them. And they're like, they believed it and they, they accepted it. And they're like, oh, I'm, and they're now I'm right with God. And the, and the religious Jews were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But they got to keep the law. 
And so the religious Jews came around and were like, well, it's actually faith alone and Jesus alone and Christ alone, plus you got to keep the law. And so some of them started to believe that. And so Paul just went on and he said, look, if you, get, if you would just even accept that it's, you have to keep one law, you have to keep all the laws perfectly. And you were incapable of doing it. I tell the students all the time that if it wasn't, there's nothing good in me. If it wasn't for Jesus, if you ask people, most people, Clint's a pretty good dude. I've never been in a fight. I don't even know if I've been in an argument outside my, my own home, right? And so, but Clint's a pretty good dude. But there's nothing good in me outside of what Jesus has put in me. Because I know if I'm left to my own thing, I will always choose what is wicked. I will always choose what is selfish. I will always choose what is evil. And I still do, even though I don't want to. There is nothing good that lives in me. Everything good is a gift from God. It's a gift of, of a change of heart that Jesus has allowed me to have. And the gospel is this. God, I know I'm not worthy of any of it, but Jesus, you paid the whole price. It's not Jesus plus, Jesus minus, it's Jesus alone. And so the gospel test, and so we have to be careful that nobody comes along and distorts the gospel. And Paul sums it up with this. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, that is, as to step towards getting right with God in justification, then Christ will be to no advantage to you. I testify again, every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. And he's like, look, if, you just, if it was just that, you'd have to keep the whole law, right? And so... I'm going to close with this. The best way. I might close. The best way. Let me tell a story real quick. I was just thinking about this. All right. Let me find. This is awesome. Don't be this person. All right. It's uh, 1 Kings. Let's see. Let me get in. 1 Kings uh, 13. Uh, let's see. 15. All right. Let, all right. So this is uh, it's quick. There's, there's this uh, prophet. And he goes and sees this king. And God sends him to this other land. It's an unknown prophet. He went to Bethel. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Bethel. All right. He went to Bethel and he goes to see this king. He prophesies to the king. The king, it, it, the, the thing that he says is going to happen happens immediately. Not like down the road, like this is what's going to happen. And then like two seconds later, boom, it happens. And it, and it was like, what? the guy was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, yeah, you're real, bro. You need to come and hang with me. I want you to be around me. Well, God had said, this is what, so this, I'll pick it up in 15. I'm Parker now. All right. So this is small writing. All right. He says this, then he said to him, come home and meet with me and eat bread. And he say, I may not return with you or go in with you. Uh, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. And so God had told him, when you go, you don't sit with anybody and have food or drink. You are not able to drink. You are not able to have a, have a food or drink. And you go home a different way than when you came. That sounds like a suspect place, but that's like, dude, don't go back the same way you came. Go another way, right? And so, so he answered the so when he so he answered the the, the the to the king, hey man, hang with me. He goes, I can't. No, I can't. God told me I can't because I can't eat with you, I can't drink with you, and I can't go home the same way. And so we pick it up at fifteen. And so he says, then he said to him, come home with me, eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it said to me by the word of the Lord. That you shall neither eat bread nor drink water. There is no return by the way that you came. And he said to him, oh, okay. So, and then, so this older prophet comes along. And he's like, hey, I also am a prophet. But I'm older, right? So, and, a, and an angel came to me. Now, I know, what you, I know an angel came to you, but an angel came to me. 
and he said that you should come back to my house. I know you couldn't eat with the king, but the angel said it's okay for you to come eat with me. All right? And so, I also am a prophet, and you are, as you are, and an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him to the older prophet, old dude, man, got him in trouble. All right, so he went back with water and, and bread and, and had water and bread and drank in his house. They sat at the table. The word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back, and he cried to the man of God who came to Judah. So the, the word of the Lord came back to the guy crying, and then he says, Thus saith the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and you have not kept the command the Lord had gave you to not eat, not drink, go, go back a different way. Uh, not kept the command the Lord had commanded you, but come back and have eaten uh, bread and drank water in the place of which he said that you should not. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And then, and after he had eaten dr and bread, bread and drank water, he saddled the donkey for the, pro for the prophet whom he had brought back. And he went away. Now, I should have just, just told you the story instead of reading it. All right, because it's like smaller. So, so he's getting ready to go. And, he, and the prophet came, or the, the word of the Lord is like, dude, he didn't even obey, bro. What are you doing? And this is what happened. He gets on the donkey. He begins to leave. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. I was like, God, that stinks. God, I hope you don't send a line for when I disobey you, right? But I was like, that's a terrible story. But man, what happened? I, the word of the Lord told me. I know what the word of the, Lord's, word of the Lord says. I know. And then some old prophet came and was like, oh, no, look, man, I know. I've been doing this longer than you. You come with me. But it says he lied. And then what happened? Lion killed him, right? Don't get killed by a lion. All right. So, but let me just say this. This is the last thing I would say. The best way to protect ourselves from false teaching is to be part of a healthy Bible preaching church and to be prayerfully saturated with the Bible every day. Man, I need that in my life too. I mean, I'm just telling you, like I am, bro, I should be sitting right there. I, if I was there, I'd be like, oh, I'm supposed to do that? So the best way to protect ourselves from false teachers is to be part of a healthy Bible preaching church and prayerfully saturated with the Bible every day. And so here's the point. I don't know every way. We always start with a point. I, I left at the end. Just so at the end, you know what the point is. All right. The point is this, that Jesus is our treasure. You're like, what does that have to do with what we just talked about? I don't know. But that was the point. All right. So Jesus is our treasure. Now, here's what, here's what I mean by that. All right. Is that, is that man, Jesus is, we're living and existing in, in, in a growing culture and, and, uh, and, and gospel and, and where people would say this, look, Jesus is the way to, to, get to, to get to your treasure. Maybe your treasure is you're struggling with your health and you want your help. Maybe the treasure is your marriage is struggling and you want a better marriage. Maybe the treasure is that you want, you want, you want, a, you want protection over your kids and that, we, and that we're, we're learning. We've, we've heard, we've, we've been taught that, man, Jesus can, get, can bring you to your treasure. That's not the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the only thing that matters. It's not all the other things come along and are secondary. That's why Paul said, look, everything else I, I died to. I don't care about any of that. I just want to love Jesus. And so Jesus is our treasure. He's our treasure and following him becomes our pleasure and leads to godliness. Jesus is the standard of truth. 
The more we soak in the Gospels, the more we know Jesus. What does it mean to soak in the Gospels? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John getting to know Jesus, but the whole Bible is one story that tells about Jesus. It's an Old Testament that points to him. It's a gospel that tells about, uh, shows what he's doing when he's living. It's a, it's, a, it's a New Testament that points back to him. The entire Bible points to Jesus, just knowing Jesus. The more we know Jesus, the more we know the truth, and the more we can be aware of false teaching. And so if we're going to deal with false teaching, which is everywhere, and I'm not just talking about in church. I'm just talking about everywhere. I mean, everybody lies. We had the whole COVID thing was a lie one way or the other. I don't know. I mean, somebody, one person was like, oh, two weeks, two weeks, and it's all over, right? Okay, right? And then, but it, I'm not saying who lied. It was just people lying. Politics is all lies, right? Everybody's trying to figure out how to communicate their truth. And there's just lies everywhere. I, social media is terrible. We should all get off of it, all right? I just want to look at doggy videos, all right? So, but we're just completely bombarded by lies. How do we know what to know what's truth? Ah! All right. So our action step is to, is to treasure Jesus. That's all right. All right. What's, what's the point? Jesus is the treasure. What's the action step? Treasure Jesus. All right. It's, that's it. Gaze at Jesus. Treasure the book. Man, this is the most important thing going in up for us. Right? And then the last thing I'll say is this. It is a great, just think about this, is the people that study currency that know whether bills are fake or not, right? The, the, the federal agents that study currency, they don't look for what's fake. They just study the real thing all the time, over and over and over, so when something doesn't fit right, fake, they just know the real thing. They're not even concerned about all the fakes. They don't even know what might be coming that might be trying to make it fake. They just study the real thing and know the real thing so much that when something's fake, Nope, that's not, nope, that's not right, right? And so treasure this book, and I want to encourage you, one of the ways you can do that is every, this, man, these, these things are always out. Now, get involved in the study, right? We're actually starting a, uh, Monday, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday, by the way. All right, tomorrow we're starting the book of Acts, and we're just reading through a chapter or two as a church, reading through the book of Acts. Read it with us. Maybe you have your own study, that's fine, but we're going to encourage you, man, get involved treasure this is our treasure and i don't want i want us as a church and as believers to just like this this matters this is all that matters this is the truth this is god's word is it is all those things that we talked about let's pray father thank you so much for your word thank you that jesus is the incredible treasure that your word is treasure may we never put anything in front of it. May we just get to know Jesus so well, your word so well, your character, your nature so well that then there's anything that's communicated, that's shown, that's put out there that just, just not you, that we would know him anyway. God, help us to avoid false teaching, but help us to avoid false teaching because we treasure you and we treasure your word. Amen.